Good day, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. I hope this spring day finds you well and your heart on the path to contentment. And if you should be a first-time listener, I say welcome. Welcome to our show, where you will receive facts and truth about us. We are not a long show. We are here just long enough to put something in your eardrum that will expand your brain of knowledge. Our purpose is to inform you of people and situations that you may not have ever heard of before. And with the hope that you will inform others seeking knowledge about our show. You know, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you found out why. And with every place I have been, with everything I have accomplished, this is my why. And with that being said, my friends, it's time for us to slip into a little darkness. Forced sterilization policies in the U.S. targeted minorities and those with disabilities and lasted into the 21st century. In August 1964, the North Carolina Eugenics Board met to decide if a 20-year-old black woman should be sterilized. She was a single mother with one child who lived at the segregated O'Berry Center for African American Adults with Intellectual Disabilities in Goldsboro. According to the North Carolina Eugenics Board, Bertha had an IQ of 62 and exhibited aggressive behavior and sexual promiscuity. She had been orphaned as a child and had a limited education, likely because of her low IQ score. The board determined she was not capable of rehabilitation. Now, here is the part that makes you sad and mad, my friends. Instead, the board recommended the protection of sterilization for Bertha because she was feeble-minded and deemed unable to assume responsibility for herself or her child. So without her input, Bertha's guardian signed the sterilization form. Sadly for me to say, Bertha's story is one of 35,000 sterilization stories reconstructed at the Sterilization and Social Justice Lab. More than 60,000 people were sterilized in 32 states during the 20th century. B. 
based on the bogus science of eugenics, a term coined by Francis Galton in 1883. Eugenicists applied emerging theories of biology and genetics to human breeding. White elites with strong biases about who was fit and unfit embraced eugenics, believing American society would be improved by increased breeding of Anglo-Saxon and Nordics who they assumed had higher IQs. Anyone who did not fit this mold of racial perfection, which included most immigrants, blacks, indigenous people, poor whites, and people with disabilities, became targets of eugenics programs. Indiana passed the first sterilization law in 1907. 31 states followed suit. State-sanctioned sterilizations reached their peak in the 1930s and 1940s, but continued and in some states rose during the 1950s and 60s. The United States was an international leader in eugenics. Its sterilization laws actually informed Nazi Germany the Third Reich's 1933 Law for the Prevention of Offsprings with Hereditary Diseases was molded on laws in Indiana and California. And under this law, the Nazis sterilized approximately 400,000 children and adults, mostly Jews and other undesirables labeled defective. The team at the Sterilization and Social Justice Lab has uncovered some remarkable trends in eugenic sterilization. At first, sterilization programs targeted white men, expanding by the 1920s to affect the same number of women as men. The laws use broad and ever-changing disability labels like feeble-mindedness, and mental defective. Over time, though, women and people of color increasingly became targets as eugenics amplified sexism and racism. And it is no coincidence that sterilization rates for black women rose as desegregation got underway. Until the 1950s, schools and hospitals in the U.S., were segregated by race, but integration threatened to break down Jim Crow apartheid. The backlash involved the reassertion of white supremacist control and racial hierarchies, specifically through the control of black reproduction and future black lives by sterilization. In North Carolina, which sterilized the third highest number of people in the United States, 7,600 people from 1929 to 1973. Women vastly outnumbered men, and black women were disproportionately sterilized. 
preliminary analysts showed that from 1950 to 1966, black women were sterilized at more than three times the rate of white women and more than 12 times the rate of white men. This pattern reflected the idea that black women were not capable of being good parents and poverty should be managed with reproductive constraint. Bertha sterilization was ordered by a state eugenics board, but in 1960 and 1970, new federal programs like Medicaid also started funding non-consensual sterilizations. More than 100,000 Black, Latino, and Indigenous women were affected. Many felt shame and shrouded these experiences in secrecy, not even telling their closest relatives and friends. Others took to the streets and filed lawsuits to protect forced sterilization. The powerful documentary No Mas Abis tells the story of hundreds of Mexican-American women coerced into tubular legations at a county hospital in Los Angeles in the 1970s. One of them who became a plaintiff in a case against the hospital, reflecting back decades later, said her experience makes her want to cry. In the years between 1997 and 2010, unwanted sterilizations were performed on approximately 1,400 women in California prisons. These operations were based on the same rationale of bad parenting and undesirable genes evident in North Carolina in 1964, and the doctor performing the sterilizations told a reporter the operations were cost-saving measures. Unfortunately, forced sterilization continues on. Romanian women have been sterilized unwillingly in the Czech Republic as recently as 2007. In northern China, a religious and racial minority group have been subjected to mass sterilization and other measures of extreme population control. All forced sterilization campaigns, regardless of their time or place, have one thing in common. They involve dehumanizing a particular subset of the population deemed less worthy of reproduction and family formation. They merge perceptions of disability with racism, xenophobia, and sexism, resulting in the disproportionate sterilization of minority groups. My friends, it never ceases to amaze me what one human being can do to another. Forced sterilization to keep us from advancing and growing. And to think Medicaid had a part in this. 
I guess working with the welfare department decided if we sterilize her, she can't have more kids and we won't have to pay out more money through the Welfare Act. Now take in mind, this is all the federal government. And once again, that music tells me that it is that time. But I will leave you with another message. And that is about our show. We are not here to curse the darkness. We are here to drag it to the light. Until next time, my friends, it's been my honor. <laughs>